1: We see the members of the augury standing outside of the burnt down village of Thorn. The sun is just starting to set and dozens of floating embers have bloomed into your field of vision, moving around the smoldering remains of this village. What are you all doing?
2: What do we know about Thorn?
1: It is a small village that is off of the underground river that leads from rainfall and leads into oasis. Um... They are called Thorn because it is one of the areas where they are able to grow a number of bushes and their thorns are very sought after for weapons. They, for the most part, are able to survive off of the water they get. So they are not one of the communities that constantly go out to Oasis to get extra water that has happened from time to time, but it is not a regular occurrence.
2: Gotcha. So we don't really hear from them very often.
1: Correct. With the exception of trade of you know everything that isn't water Mm
3: -hmm. well i think i'm keeping my distance for the moment but just watching these patterns watching these figures going about their day and trying to get a gauge of it like i i have a just vague idea that they're just sort of going through the motions of what they were doing when they were just people but like i want to see if there's anything extra to that or something that i'm
1: missing Why don't you roll read a bad situation? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 11. All right. You get a hold three.
3: What is the biggest threat
1: here? As you watch them move through Thorn, it's very clean and precise movements. They are moving from one place to another and then back again, repeating the same motion over and over again. Someone is going to where the well used to be, turning a crank that isn't there And then they return back to their place of origin, walk over, turn the invisible crank again. And there's a brief moment where a bird comes in and lands. And it's in the path of one of these floating embers. And there's a hitch in its step. And the bird very quickly flies away and it continues on. But from that, you get the sense that if these are disturbed, they will break out of the pattern and become more like what you have encountered so far. Like there is a flare-up of the fire that makes up its body in that brief moment before the bird flies away, and then it returns to this subtler orange glow.
3: Okay. Uh, Are there any dangers we haven't noticed?
1: Coming from the center of town where you saw that figure moving over and lowering the water bucket that isn't there anymore, you hear something very heavy moving around underground.
3: I think I'm just, like, kneeling there, you know, on on one of these dunes overlooking the, the little village and, you know, have my hand on the ground. Do you all feel
1: that? Hear that?
0: I kneel down and place my palms on the ground. Do I feel it as well?
1: You do. It's very subtle, but it's pretty consistent. Just a low rumble, a shake every two seconds.
0: Something is down there.
4: Might it be the source of this village's destruction? At a glance, I'm
3: not seeing anything else that might be the source i uh like i think i'm looking back and forth between the group and the village i'm torn on an approach if these things take notice of us if we hinder the patterns that they make we'll get very dangerous um i think i want to use my last hold for what's my best way in with the more of the idea of whatever is making the the rumbly in my tumbly. Oh, what's
1: the best way into, like, underground? Yeah. In your travels, you have encountered a number of villages like this, places that are off of one of the main rivers and so have access to water. There is always a central well, but then there's also a location in town that allows you to go underground to access the water in case a speaker of the water or a keeper of the water arrives. Um, It's a place where people can go down to fill up larger items and not have to bring it up by the bucket full. Those are normally marked pretty clearly with a specific stone archway that you can see just at the edge of town. I think I
3: nudge Elsef.
1: You see the arch?
2: I do. Uncle, do you propose that we go underground?
3: That depends on what our goal is here. Disturbing these embers... Even destroying them will not stop them from sparking again, will it? No, we must stifle the source. I suggest one of two things. If we are here to appease these elements, if we could find something within the village that would give us a clue as to what happened here, that may give us an answer on what we might do to calm the spirits, though that brings us a great deal of danger. So, the other course would be to get underground, see what we see, discover what could be the source.
0: I think being able to see whatever it is underground would answer a lot of our questions. I could potentially try to connect with the spirit of of one of these beings, these floating embers. They are in a cycle. They are walking through their lives. So presumably some part of them is still here. I could try to connect with that and maybe learn what happened. If you do that, is it possible that they will become aggressive since they know that you are here? Based on what we have seen, yes, I'd say that is possible, but I may be able to lessen the fire within them.
4: If we know precisely what happened to them, we will have a better idea of how to appease them, whether or not that involves confronting whatever is underground. It would be wise to gain that knowledge first.
0: Perhaps we move outside of the town, Find one that is not in the midst of others. Maybe draw it away and I can attempt to connect with it.
3: A dangerous plan, but likely the best idea.
5: With the ability to see like the town overall and the edges of town, are there any that look like they're stuck in a cycle of like getting ready to go out and hit the road and then falling back into town and then getting ready to go hit the road and then falling back into town? Yeah. I will point that one out then.
4: There. At the apex of its cycle, it is the furthest from the others.
0: Well, let's see if we can make this work. And uh, I will move over that way. And uh, as soon as I am, am close enough, I want to try to use my my natural attack, my magical force. Uh, the kind of flavor that I've given it is this, like this sense of melancholy. This, like it's not like life drain in the sense of pulling, you know, health away from something, mm. but it is pulling their emotions down. I want to try to do the same kind of thing with this this fire this anger that is burning within this thing making this creature so intense bring down that intensity and use my wild language move to try and connect with the spirit of what was once this person
1: i think this is going to be an act under pressure
0: okay Four. Oh, oh boy uh this is this is a big one i think i'm going to use a point of ancestral favor on this
1: all right and what is your other folks special
0: When you spend a point of favor, your monster side gains power. Your curse may become stronger or another breed disadvantage may manifest.
1: So right now your curse is that you can't be in total darkness. Something about it makes you lose your sense of self. I think that this intensifies a bit in that you feel compelled to always have a light source with you. You want to cast as hard and clean and sharp of a shadow as possible.
0: Ooh, okay. Uh, so I I reach out my palms and you just see this sort of shadow not come out of my hand, but the light that is cast on the ground from this fire creature. You see the shadow elongate from my hand and kind of reach up into the flames. And as I get closer, the, the flames start to die down. Um, but then I take my bow off of my back and uh, reach out and light it on this creature to have with me
1: and you instantly hear its voice what
0: what is your name
1: in life nimit
0: nimit how did you die fire where did this fire come from who did this to you i
1: don't know who fire spread quickly could not put it out no water not enough water never enough water
0: do you know what lies underground the creature moving around down there
1: creature no underground water
0: did anything of note happen before this fire spread in the town? Anything unusual or anyone enraged or angered enough to act?
1: No anger, only celebration. Visiting dignitary, but gone.
0: Visiting dignitary? Who? Tovro. Do I know that name?
1: I don't know. How familiar are you with the people of the other communities? It's definitely not a name from your community. Um, but I, I yeah, how, how much are you... Uh kind of on the ball with with other communities and their comings and goings.
0: I think it's definitely an interest of mine being from another community. I don't think it's something that I'm included in as far as like discussion within the town, Mm -hmm. but it's something I keep an ear out for, maybe like overhearing other people talk about it.
1: Okay. Then, yeah, I think it's totally justifiable that you know this name. Tovaro is the Earth Speaker, and they come from Silt, which is one of the offshoot villages from the river that comes to oasis from Brine.
0: Do you know where the fire started? No. What are you feeling?
1: I think as you ask this question, you start to get the impression of the spirit that was present prior with the fire, like that there is a little bit of that left in them. Rage. Frustration.
0: Can you let go?
1: You get this feeling of unsettling glee from deep inside of it somewhere. Could let go, <laughs> but I would be back.
0: What do you mean you would be back?
1: I always come back to the moment, the moment where it was all flames and anger and no water.
0: When I say can you let go, I do not mean give in to the rage, to the anger. I mean to truly detach yourself and not seek it out anymore. If I promised that we would find out why this happened, could you let go? Could you burn out and not come back? Be at peace.
1: Why is not enough? There must be justice. There must be things set right. And as they give this response, you notice that their flame is starting to grow brighter and there's something different in their voice. And it feels like more of that spirit of fire than it does the spirit of the person now. Like the longer this conversation goes on, the more it seems to, especially when you're talking about the thing that fuels them, starts to become the voice of fire as opposed to the voice of the villager.
3: Have we been able to understand any of this? Is this like elemental speak or is any of this like through the spirit of the villager?
1: That's a great question, actually. And I think maybe that's what changes about the way that they're talking to you is that, yes, at the beginning, you can all understand. And then those last couple of sentences, it is in a tongue that you do not recognize and I think that Han huh, Wee makes that mental flip to understanding the other language without even being aware that it's being spoken. Okay. But yeah, I think up until the point of, you know, cannot let go, you understood.
3: Okay. um, I think I'm just, you know, a little ways back letting her do her thing, but on Gwip's back, like ready just in case, like now that this is getting a little more fiery, I'm trying to gauge like if this thing is going a little a little more explosive, like if it's, now that it's getting literally fired up, if it's about to attack, explode, so that if I need to can just sprint past and, and try to grab her. Why don't you roll read a bad
1: situation? There okay. we are. 10. All right, you get to hold three. What's the best way to protect the victims? You noticed earlier that that bird's minor interaction started to set one of these off, and then it was able to settle back in the best way to protect her would be to find the right moment to scoop her up and move her away, um, because it does seem like that it's inevitable that this will explode once it gets to the point of enough rage.
3: Okay. In
1: case I need it, what's most vulnerable to me? Because it is on the outskirts of this village, you notice the loose structure of a lot of the stone walls. You imagine that there might be some other ways instead of, grabbing her, that you could use these kind of broken down walls um, to create a barrier between you or even to crush it and stifle that explosion. Um, So I think, yeah, that's what's weak to you is the structure of the walls around this floating ember.
3: Okay. Then in order to accomplish that, what's my best way in? Like, I don't know if it's, it's more, I'm almost more looking for timing, like Do I have the instinct that go now it's about to happen or that if there's something I need to look for?
1: Having seen one of these explode before, it was a very quick moment. Um, Well, technically you've seen two explode. One was at a distance. Um, (laughs) But right now it is a very deep orange. You know that it will become a really rich red before it explodes, so you're watching for that color. And both times that there has been an explosion, There's always been a beat. There has been the kind of the highest, brightest flare of color, a beat, and then it erupts. So you're kind of waiting for that moment of stillness between those two events of reaching the cataclysmic temperature and the explosion.
3: Okay, then I think I want to try to creep my way around to a spot that I think I can disturb when I need to, that it will disrupt this thing at that moment uh, before explosion.
1: Okay.
0: I'm sorry. This must be your experience now, but I promise justice is what we seek here. Uh, and I will drop the connection I have with this.
1: Hirota, in that moment of Hanwei dropping the connection, there is that flare of red.
3: I'm gonna whistle and Gwip will kick out one of the bottom corners of this wall that's about to topple as I try to Get out of the way and have it crumble atop this ember.
1: All right. Why don't you roll protect someone? When you prevent harm to another character, roll plus tough. On a seven plus, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. On a 10 plus, choose an extra. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm on the enemy. You hold the enemy back.
3: Okay.
2: Six. Is that with your plus one from Read About Situation?
1: It is not. Bless your heart, nice. seven. You give Gwip the signal and he kicks out at the wall. It tumbles down onto the floating ember and there is a brief moment and then it explodes, sending chunks of rock out. You do take one point of harm as these stones pelt you, but you see that Hanwe is safe from the detonation and the rocks.
3: I think, yeah, we're just like running out of the Explosion zone of all this debris.
0: All right. Well, ow. Uh, that seemed to go all right. Something definitely happened here. They were they were in a time of celebration. Tavro had come and visited and left. Things were joyous, but something something started this fire.
2: What do I know about the role of an Earth speaker?
1: So there are a couple of elements when it comes to surviving. in this desert that are important you have water speakers you have earth speakers because those are two things that you need to survive you need shade you need a safe place to sleep you need that water to survive as well they are not as rare as water speakers you might have a couple within your community as well they help to shape the outskirts of the community but it is it is not as rare of a skill as water speaking
3: I know the name, Dovro, I don't know this person. But what are the chances that they came through and started, whatever happened? If they're an Earth speaker, what if there is something down there stopping the flow, stopping them from getting water from their well? And when fire struck, they were unable to put it out. All questions, no answers, until we go down and see.
2: Then I suppose the next step we should take is to go underground, if you think that we can get to the archway without attracting attention.
3: That I don't know. The one thing is to be said about staying in town is finding out what started the fire. If something was made to block the water and then something else started the fire, that would answer if this was all done on purpose, if this was made to destroy this village, if this Tovaro came through
4: with nefarious purpose.
0: Looking around it, at- these buildings is anyone able to tell where this fire started
4: i'm willing to go into the town and investigate further you said these embers are docile as long as their path is not interfered with correct from what i can tell well if there's one thing i'm good at it's staying out of the way that was the most eeyore shit and i love it so <laughs> much <laughs> ho, ho just sort of <laughs> plod slowly into town <laughs>
3: One of them turns on him and starts to attack and he just says, Thanks for noticing
2: me (laughs) Have I ever met Tovro? What do you think? I don't really know like how far Earth speakers travel.
1: Is there a convention? Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that he would travel all the way to Oasis or if he did that there'd be any reason. You know, for as little as you interact with people for you to have met him.
2: That's fair. Plus, I mean, like, Oasis probably has its own squad of Earth speakers.
1: Correct. Yeah, there are definitely two or three at least.
3: If anything, I picked his pocket once and didn't even know the guy's name. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. until it was just a bunch of pebbles that you had gotten.
0: (laughs) Yep. Is this another split the party moment?
3: No, I'd say we stay together. Like, if he looks like he's going to check out that spot, then let's stay together. And and follow that thread first.
2: I mean, surely the archway is on like the outskirts of town. So if we like approach the archway, we could then maybe also get eyes on, you know, just investigating the town a little closer. And then if things break bad, we can always try to make a run for it underground.
0: Yeah, I think regardless, I think I would definitely want to go with Torek and watch his back. Yeah, I don't
2: think we should split up.
1: So Torek talked about going into town to try and investigate. Which I think could be done with a couple of different roles, like making your way through the floating embers. And now I get the impression that everybody's going with him. Because if so, that's fine, but I think everybody's going to make a role to get through without disturbing these embers.
5: Yeah, I mean, what if we do split up, like Kim was saying, such that like some people go around towards the archway where maybe they have line of sight into the town, and then some of us go into the town, and if anything breaks bad for one or the other there's like maybe some visual communication between us that it's like, okay, we can respond now.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of like a spl- split the party, but stay somewhat within distance of each other to be able to get there if things go bad.
5: We're going to split up, but within like, you know, distance that we could like throw the invisible lasso and kind of yeah. reel them back in.
1: What I need to know, who's trying to walk through the embers? Me. And? Me. Okay. So describe to me how you do this. Stand,
5: watch establish the pattern, move through when it's safe. All right, read a bad situation first then. Eight.
1: You get a hold one. What's my best way in? Yeah, you watch for a while and you are able to see the clearest path based off of the moves of these floating embers as they go about their, what you now understand is last moments and then reset. So this is going to be an act under pressure to get through and you both get a plus one from your uh, reading of the situation. Cool.
0: I get the plus one as well? Yep. Seven. Thirteen.
1: Okay. So Torek is able to make it through no problem. Howie, I think that you're going to be able to make it through as well, but you're going to leave something behind. You are going to become a little frazzled at this experience of moving your way through all of these embers, uh, and your next cool roll is going to be at a minus one. Or you're going to be okay for now, uh, but you're going to have knocked something over that you know eventually will be in the way of one of these embers. Like it's going to be a new obstacle that will activate one of them. It won't be immediate, but sometime in the future.
0: I think I'll take the negative one to my next cool. I think that makes a lot of sense with trying to keep out of their way, but also wanting to be drawn to light sources. Yeah. So yeah,
2: that makes sense. No, (laughs) that's great. I'm like a moth.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Like, ooh, light.
1: All right. So you have made it into the center of town. Why don't you roll Investigate a Mystery? Okay, do. 12. Get a hold to... What happened here? You make your way over to the well. It has the least amount of embers moving through this area in this moment. You're able to look around and see all of these burnt buildings and the scorch marks on the ground. And you're able to trace back kind of the, the oldest ash to a building right next to the well. And you find a old stone bowl and some coals inside of it. And you know this is something that people will use to heat certain things. They will get a bowl, put some hot embers inside of it, lay something on top of it, or, you know, in the cold nights, warm their hands, things like that. Those old coals are scattered all over the ground. It really does seem like something got nudged, something fell, was unnoticed, a fire started, they went to get water from the well, and there was no water to be had. What sort of creature or effect is it? I don't think this one... Uses your hold. Um, I think these are all pieces that you have grabbed before, that, you know, the creature was this spirit of fire that was present in the fire, and the effect is, you know, the one that generates the floating embers, that these people died in a heightened emotional state, and the spirit of fire fed into them and got them stuck in this place of um, wanting, needing something before they can move on what might fix cure or slow down this effect so to release the floating embers from this constant cycle it is twofold one you would have to return things to their natural state so you would have to find a way to return the water and you would have to punish whoever is responsible for the lack of water if you were to simply kill the person who is responsible for the lack of water you would not have to return the water okay
4: we do need to go Below ground. We need to figure out what's happened to the water and try to bring it back. Let's meet the others at the arch.
0: All right.
1: Haroda and Elsa, what are you doing at the arch?
3: Uh I think my attention is mostly on looking towards the village and like trying to track their progress making their way inside, listening for sounds of scuffle when they're out of sight. Like I'm I'm more engaged in being prepared to ride in and, and help if needed.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, I can't imagine that I've ever traveled to Thorn, but mm. I am familiar with archways that lead to underground rivers. Like, how much traveling is involved before you reach an underground river? Is it just kind of like going down a staircase and we're there? Is it like a long sort of like corridor before we get there?
1: It's not very far. Um, You know, this... Access point is made to make it easier to get out larger quantities of water.
2: Then I don't want to stray too far from Heroda, but I think I can't help myself but to go down this archway to at least just see this portion of the underground river that is closest to the archway to see if I can just get a sense for how the water is doing here.
1: Yeah, so there is, you know, the archway is a part of the building structure. Um, This place is much smaller than Oasis, and so inside of the building, there is a large set of hardwood doors on the ground. You notice that they are not burned, but you would have to basically open those up, almost like cellar doors, uh, to head down into the pathway to the river.
2: Yeah, I'll do that.
1: So you open up these doors and you start to head down. Describe this to me, like you, you open these doors, how are you How are you going down there? Are you... I have
2: to imagine I'm sneaking down. I I know that there's something very large, or at least something very capable of loud footsteps that is somewhere down here.
1: All right, so I think this is going to be an act under pressure to get these doors open and, and sneak down the stairs in the dark. Eleven. All right, you are able to sneak down and it is completely dark down here. You do not hear the sound of water at all, but you do hear that constant thump on the ground.
3: Hey, kid, look, they, they made it past the uh, center of the, um, she's gone.
1: Yeah, and as you turn to notice she's gone, um, I think you also see on the outskirts of town where that wall fell, that the floating ember approaches that wall, and you see that flare up, and they break out of the cycle, and they start walking off into the desert.
3: Oh, well, all right then, and- I'm gonna turn around and look and see if I can see her, realize I can't, and sulk for a moment before heading into the archway.
1: Torek and Hawi, you approach the building with the archway and you see a large set of double hardwood doors that are on the ground, and you see the top of Heroda's head disappearing down into them.
0: They're already making their way down. We have to hurry.
1: I start following them down. What do you have as you are going down, Hirota?
3: I think Gwip has stayed at the top. I would have told him, just run if you need to, give him a pat. And I think I have my bow out, and I am uh, going to
1: creep my way down. What do you two have out as you come down the stairs, closely behind Hirota? Uh,
0: I have my bow, which I have now fashioned into a torch. <laughs> uh, and th- that I am holding very close to me as I'm descending underground.
5: <laughs> uh, if she's got the light covered, then I have my enchanted drum in hand. I imagine that the acoustics down here might be very conducive to doing some damage with that thing.
1: All right, the three of you come down the stairs and as this light pours into the room from the burning bow, you see that Elsef is crouched on the ground where there are old silt marks where water should be running, but there is none. And at the point where this should originate from is a large stone slab that is just blocking the entirety of this cavern. And directly in front of the wall is this enormous stone golem pacing back and forth in front of the wall. Its steps are very slow. It stands about 15 feet high as it moves back and forth, almost as if it's on patrol.
3: Oh, well, there it is then. Can an earth speaker
1: do this? As you start to talk, it stops and slowly turns in your direction.
3: Hi.
1: It charges at the group. I think I
3: like step in front of the rest of the group and I'm just half shouting, ha- half
1: mumbling, run, 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 run. I put on my demon mask. All right, so you are able to get this mask on. What are you going to do next?
5: I want to use it to disguise myself as
1: Tovro, and I just want to say, halt by the command of your master. So with Elsef being on the ground in front and Heroda stepping... Then in front of the group, I think it's Hanwe who sees this the clearest because she is in the back. You know, she was the last one coming on the stairs. She's got the light source. This creature shoulders down and you hear Torek shout out for it to stop in the name of its master. It does not break stride as it knocks into and through the three of them. It slams into the base of the stairs where you are, but it does not hit you because you are in the stairway. It is too Large to fit through here. Everybody except for her takes two points of damage. This is not armor defeating, but you are all scattered to the sides as it plows through you and it starts to turn around.
0: Can I use wild language to either connect with the spirit of this golem or the rocks that it is made up of?
1: You open up to try and communicate with it, and it is a jumble of voices. Like it is not a single voice of stone. You hear at least half a dozen voices, but they're all in agreement. When you try to talk to them, they chatter over one another. It's hard to get a clear conversation with them in this form.
2: Going off of what Haroda asked, have I ever heard of an earth speaker being capable of creating something like this, either in my lifetime or via my connection to other water speakers?
1: Yeah, it would take a good deal of magic, but you don't imagine um, that it would be too difficult of a task to summon uh, or create a stone elemental.
3: Okay, as I am knocked aside and laying there watching this happen, I'm hoping to like get a vibe check on like was this thing more like a wild animal? Was it commanded to guard this place? Is it trying to get through? Like uh, essentially, what I want to try to do is use my empath to connect to its true emotional state.
1: All right, why don't you read Empath for us?
3: When you open up your brain to a person who's right there in front of you, roll weird. You can use Empath on anything with emotions, Uh, but the less human they are, the less safe it is. And then depending on what I roll, I get stuff.
1: All right, roll it.
3: Okay. I rolled boxcars. That still is just an 11 for me. (laughs) But it is an 11. All right. And what do you get on a full success? Uh, I gain a clear impression of their current emotional state and intentions.
1: Yes, their intention is to destroy anything that approaches the slab wall. And their emotional state is indifferent, (laughs) a little hungry, kind (laughs) of bored. Yeah, their emotional state is determined. So
3: we've got the slab on one side. We have stairs coming down. Is the rest of the
1: river open? Like if we kept going? Uh, if you kept going, it would dead end at the bottom of the well.
3: Got it. Okay. Then yeah, like cradling my bruised everywhere. Uh, I'm trying to get to a knee. Yeah, it it it's a guard. It is a guard. It's keeping anyone from affecting the slab. I'm going to
0: turn around and go back up the stairs. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to run to the nearest floating ember Uh and wave my arms and try and get their attention and try to get them to change their course and follow me back down the stairs.
1: So I think you do know that you have to um, like waving at them won't get their attention. It's got to be like a physical interaction or light and heat that draws their attention.
0: Uh, Then I'm holding out my torch and uh, using my wild language move to just talk directly to the spirit and lead them like a like a flame to a flame. Uh, down the stairs
1: so i'm trying to decide what this is if this is a a persuade that you're trying to like lead it there with the fire if this is an act under pressure as you you know try to lead it through the town are, are, like what are you saying are you it an intimidate are you yelling at it to bait it
0: i am speaking to this spirit and i am offering it justice
1: all right roll persuade 12 yeah they follow the flame hearing you speak of justice and having this warmth and this light that you are presenting to them. uh, And they follow you through town and down the stairs. Down below, the stone golem turns from the stairs and starts to move in all of your directions again.
3: Uh, I think I've been trying to, like, urge us further down like where I know the well is, like away from what I know is just the flat wall that it was protecting. Oh, uh uh-huh. This thing is trying to protect that stonework that's blocking the river. Maybe we can get further down underneath the well and try to get out that way. I don't like our chances of getting up the stairwell past it.
5: Was I able to see Hanwe get away unscathed?
1: I think that once the... Stone Gollum starts moving away from the stairwell towards you. You can see that she is no longer there.
5: Okay. I think that would give me sufficient peace of mind to be willing to follow Heroda.
2: Yeah, I'll follow.
1: All right. You all start heading down this dark corridor towards the light source, which is the well open to the sky above. Uh, you are able to make your way down there and you do not hear the sounds of this golem approaching you again. In fact, after a moment, you start to hear that steady clump of it walking back and forth in front of the wall.
3: I just plop down now that I have this feeling
4: that we're at least a little more safe for the moment. So, what did you find up there? The fire was an accident. They were simply unable to put it out without access to their water, but they didn't seem to know that they'd lost the water until the fire was upon them. So the people in town, their deaths, that was
3: not intended. So what would they have to gain Stovro by
4: stopping up the river? Does it redirect the flow somewhere further on? I don't know, but I know that if we want to put these spirits at peace, he will have to answer for this. So we will be able to ask him. We'll just have to find him first.
5: I think as we're talking, I am pulling out my stone oil
1: lamp uh, and trying to get it to light.
3: I have a fire starter kit. i get out my stuff and help you like that.
1: Yeah, as you get this lit, it illuminates this tunnel and you are able to see in the distance this stone golem pacing back and forth.
2: I am sorry that I went down by myself. If I had waited, we might have been able to see what it was that we were dealing with before it attacked.
1: I'm not sure it would have
4: made much of a difference. If Heroda could have a thought without speaking it aloud, maybe none of this would have happened.
3: <laughs> Got him. I assumed that a friendly greeting would not go unwelcomed by any spirit, I happen to be wrong this time.
1: (laughs) And I think it's about this time that you all see some light starting to come from the other end of the tunnel, the stairs, Uh, and after a moment, what do they see?
0: I think first they hear me yelling down the stairs. Lead it away from the slab.
3: That's just towards us. And I, but I'm like, I'm up and I'm moving that direction with my bow raised like it's going to do anything
1: against this rock. And I'll take a shot at it to get its attention. All right. Roll kick some ass. Okay. When you get into a fight and kick some ass, roll plus tough. On a 7 plus, you and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. On a 10 plus, choose one extra effect. You gain the advantage, take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. You inflict terrible harm, plus one harm. You suffer less harm, minus one harm, or you force them where you want them. A Thor. (gasps) It's almost instantaneous. As you raise your bow and start to knock an arrow, you hear the sound of whistling and a stone smashes you in the face.
2: Oh Oh, (laughs) no. God.
1: You take two points of harm and it is facing in your direction, but it has not moved away from the wall yet.
2: Uncle, no. I want to run. Past Heroda up to get in this golem's face to see if I can get it to chase me.
1: As you move forward, you notice that the stone that just hit Heroda gets up and starts to run back towards the golem.
2: Run back? Yeah. <laughs> on its little legs?
1: Yep. Ah! And as it gets back to the golem, it leaps into the stones that make up the golem. <clears throat> Let's Play of Bonespear is a Crit Show Studios production. Bonespear and other alternate Monster of the Week settings can be found in the Codex of Worlds, a new Monster of the Week expansion. You can find Monster of the Week and other Powered by the Apocalypse games at EvilHat.com.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
6: If you love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners, Volume 1 in the Blood, to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, Have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. You hit like a philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six foot distance. How about a five foot distance for d d purposes? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs>